Welcome to Trial by Wine. We take a closer look at crimes that highlight how fascinating humans can be. Schmitty, Swanee and Clarky visit crimes and run them through their jury of three, debating both sides of the case to agree an appropriate, if totally fictitious, sentence. Please be advised, Trial by Wine may include explicit or disturbing content and will include drunken rambling. Listener discretion is advised. All right, how are we? Wonderful. Yeah, tip top. Excellent. Back for another fantabulous recording session. Yes. Oh, any news? Uh, my wine glass is empty. That's not good. <laughs> that needs Far to be out. rectified. Uh, too sweet, darling. Too That'll sweet. sweet. Here That'll we go. Tonight's As we speak. news on Channel 9. <laughs> yep. Ooh. Right up there with the weather. Um, and, yep. and every stabbing and murder that's happened across the country because we like <sighs> to focus on all the bad stuff. Anyway, it's, mm. it's full now, so don't worry, Tracy Grimshaw or whoever else does the news. Probably I think solved. Trace has uh, resigned, has retired? Resigned. Yeah, she, yeah. she got the arse. I mean, she got pushed. She retired. Really? Oh, she know. was never going to go on her own, surely. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know anything about her. The only thing I know about her was that little bit of controversy. It was Tracy Grimshaw, wasn't she? Current affair or whatever. Was she the one who Gordon Ramsay called a name? Oh yeah, know. you're right. I think it was while they were away, but yeah, I think they probably just need someone. Said, of course, said something unflattering. Yeah. Well, oh, the girl was unflattering. It was bloody rude. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't remember what was said, but yeah, I think it was while we were away. But yeah, I have yeah. seen that. Apparently, my mum tells me this, and I've got a vague recollection. The girl who is replacing her, who's a Channel Nine star, her mother was one of my school teachers when I was in primary school, and for yeah. a period of time, they lived not too far from us, but. She had an older brother. Mum always tells me it's seven. I'm always trying to find information about her mother online, but I can't. So I don't. I can't. I can't qualify whether that's actually a factual statement. But True I not. think she was at one point in our well, realm. The old one degree of separation. Eh? Yeah, I don't know if that's true or not. Anyway, I must check with my mum. My mum's coming over tomorrow for Christmas. So, so is that your news? Uh, will I be using that as my news? Yeah, I think that's probably that. <laughs> that's my big news. Mm. Mother is arriving. But, yeah, it should be good. Fair enough. What about you, Schmitty? Oh, I've just been working. I'm kind of doing two jobs at the moment and that's been quite full on. So one wasn't just a keep an eye on these things until the new guy starts. It's ended up taking up a lot of time. I'm now also my boss resigned, so I've been asked to be the interim boss lady. Um, which will take us through to March. So that's exciting. So I suppose there you go. That's my news, just as the lead up as we move into the silly season. Well, after the silly season, isn't it sort of wedding season as well? Oh, so it you're going to be a very busy oh, lady. Even silly. True dad. Oh, I know, I know. I'm kind of just get through Christmas. You know, it's I've got yeah. these short term milestones, and that's yes, how I'm week coping. by week by week. That sounds yeah. good. Get Move this strategy house. written. Get this plan yeah, written. Right. Yeah, get yeah. this bit done. Get a story written for tonight. You know, that's it. Just little chunks of time. That's how I'm coping. Oh, well done you. Anyway, right. you can do it. Oh, thanks, Dal. Uh, so, who are we? I'm Schmitty. I'm Swanee. And I'm Clarky. And together we are. Trial by wine. That was so civilised. It was, it was. And what are we drinking, speaking of wine? (laughs) Go on, Swanee. Trial by diet soda uh, is uh, uh, Coke Zero for me. Just on I'm about. I was sort of alluding, I was just sort of saying to um, Schmidt and Clarkie that I'm about to host 
a Dungeons and Dragons get together for um, one of my boys, and apparently it's going to get a bit cray. So uh, do you think, I need um, to be the responsible parent. <laughs> do you think the latest series of Stranger Things has brought it back into? popularity or is it always just like a little geeky subculture thing that's been going on for 50 years I don't really know I'd have to ask my children uh but one in particular who's into it Raj uh he would have an opinion on that and he's also very much into um stranger things right but I think it would suit who he was as a person I just think the people that he doesn't do with kids from his current school does it with kids from his the first school we came to when we went to Australia and there are a certain subset of society I think that are really into it and he is he's very much into it so it suits him does he like Kate Bush as well he's certainly aware of the song at least that was there that was go. one of the good bride that's products a, yeah that's it yeah it's brought her back into modern yeah mindset which is great because I've always loved Kate yeah mm-hmm. I have too she's incredible so what boys what are you drinking well, I'm not 100% change. sure because Stuart's poured us a glass of smoky Chardonnay and mm. then pulled a face uh, because he doesn't <laughs> like it. So we discussed maybe having a rosé, but now we're just sitting here with smoky Chardonnay in our glasses and I don't want to taste it because he said it doesn't smell very nice. So okay. I'll be back. Who knows, it could right. change. Um, <laughs> He's off to the cellar. Right it's a moving feast. Yeah, no, there it goes. It's about to get tipped down the sink. So let's go with we're having a rosé. I bought some on Black Friday sale. It was 25% off from Yering Station. So, um, Oh, yeah, that's quite good. Haven't had a taste yet, but I will. Uh, and if I pull a face when I have my taste, you know what to think. Or what and I'm just going to correct myself because um, – my ex-boss, I think, sometimes listens to this podcast and he once had a good crack at me for using the expression incorrectly when I said a moving feast. The correct expression is a movable feast. So apologies for that and a you know who you are. feast? Apparently that's actually the correct oh, expression. Oh, I've never heard that. I would have always said a moving feast. Yeah, well, there you go. We're all wrong. Oh. I think now that you say it, I do know that, but I think I have. Um... It's a book by Ernest Hemingway as movable well. Movable feast. Far out the shit you learn. <laughs> no, I think I do movable feast, yeah. A know. 1964 memoir mm. by American author Ernest Hemingway. Ernest Hemingway, yes. And um, so my, I am drinking a very small, because I didn't have enough Coca-Cola rum and Coke, the old pirate juice, um, and I made it nice and light so that I don't uh, get too piratey on it but I am also enjoying a movable feast in that I will be going on after that to my friends the vodka cruiser mango chutneys oh my god do you know what a movable feast is is it a feast you have in one place and then go somewhere else it's like a a progressive progressive dinner dinner? a movable (laughs) feast is an observance in a christian liturgical calendar which occurs on different dates in different years. No, I had no idea. But I do know about the utilisation of the term feasts for certain periods in the in the religious calendar. So, yeah, okay, I suppose that makes sense. It's one that changes its dates, I guess. That just turned really not that interesting. All right, so <laughs> <laughs> now that we've covered that, uh, shall we get on and tell a story? I must um, say, you can't say that this podcast isn't informative, if nothing else. <laughs> I mean, nobody's yeah. heard of a movable feast apart from the Christians of the Middle Ages. And my ex-boss. And your ex-boss. And Ernest Hemingway, obviously. But now uh, 18 people know. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and that doesn't include us. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. So whose story is it today? I've got one. Lovely. If I may. Please, you go may for it. May you? And as always, I never quite know where to start. Never quite know, you know, whether I start at the end or start at the beginning or start with the victims or start with the perpetrators. I don't know. But I'm going to tell you where it's set. And as I often do, it's set in the US. This one's set in Miami, Miami, Florida. And it's set we in... We do like a good Florida story. We oh, do I like, do. We do like your Emmy. Mm-hmm. I do. I'm going to tell you my sources, I guess, while I'm at it. And my sources are some I've never used before, so some I don't really know what they are. One is called <laughs> Joe Blow Originals, which I think is like an online... Sounds reputable. I think I've had it on YouTube. Like a... Yeah. I've never come Not across it before. website. <laughs> One is called <laughs> HLN. I don't know what that is either. Not Did you say don't, don't say to... that? Don't, don't go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. HLN, is that like Helen? I don't know Helen? what it is. And I just looked at that. I don't know what it is. And then I didn't have time to really drill any further. But anyway, HLN, someone must know what it is out there. The next is a book called Pain and Gain by Pete Collins. Oh, okay. Ooh. The next is Murderpedia. Right. Yay. And to Clarkie's comment, then there's one called Muscle Head Murders, which again is Bodybuilders going to get murdered. Muscle Head Murders, wow. Yeah. I would have thought that's a little bit niche, but maybe not. And then there's a film, but we won't, we'll get to that. Okay. Um, Swanee, given yes. what you've told us so far, can you try to do this whole episode speaking like Sylvester Stallone? I wouldn't know how to do that, to be honest. No. It's, good oh, it's, it's just like this. We've got to have a lot of mumbles. <laughs> There's an ad on television for a new show that he's in. Is it Tulsa Mafia or Tulsa something? Yeah. It's a series, I believe. Yeah. It looks quite interesting. I think it's for the same people as Yellowstone. But I also, is it something recent that I read that I didn't, I don't think it was something that I was ever aware of. Did he write Rambo or did he, is that what it is? There was something, something that I was just like aware that. of There's at the something time. Like that, yeah. yeah. I don't know if it was Rocky. One of those things, it was like, it was his. And I was like, whoa, I just, you know, sometimes I just think, oh, it's just an actor. But I, and I mean that with all respect for people who are actors or actresses. Who was it that did oh, that Oh, but I was about... going to say, how could you possibly call Sylvester Stallone just an actor? Actor, exactly. <laughs> what else is he? A mumbly person. I can't understand. And obviously, he's ripped is what he is. Which he's ripped leads, and he Which leads shit. very nicely into uh, the setting of today's story. Okay. So the setting of today's story starts in Miami in a place, uh, somewhere called Miami Lakes, and we're in the mid-1990s. And I said, I read somewhere that it was called the deadliest dec- decade due to roid rage. So oh. I think it was really a period of time where I don't know if it was necessarily at its height, but certainly that hardcore bodybuilding for the sake of looking a certain way was king. I think gym culture is, this obviously will still be that gym culture now, but it also has changed. I think in the day, if you went to the gym to bulk up like that, you were, it was a very, it was a look, right? You know, you're thinking of Gold's Gym and the people in the tank tops and yeah. you know, Mr. Universe and I don't know, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah. Correct. So, was so just, Universe, I think. Yeah. just on that, Stuart and I have just started going to the gym and I can tell you we are so <laughs> far removed from that, that oh my <laughs> God. droid rage culture. Exactly. But the it's thing is, the gym is different more to that. Sit-ups. Now. I can't yeah. do that. But the gym feels more like that now. Now, I think with, you know, influences and Instagram and all that kind of stuff. And even young people generally, I do think, are much more body conscious and in a way that's not pumping roids into themselves, but, you know, actually doing it in a, in a healthy way. This is not about that, that this is about a, a gym where it was that particular type which you have in mind where they are all oiled up, 
pumped up little Who pig needs heads to be oiled up bodies. to go to the gym do you know what i mean though that yeah that look. i do that bodybuilding bodybuilders body sculpting gym. i think yeah not you know it's all about men and you know well actually that's not isn't fair. the oil meant to it. be like a sheen of sweat that's that's yeah. what you have yeah yeah there's sort of a, a one of the trainers that we use as a family one of my son's uh, season and my husband has at different times he has coached people for what are you know bodybuilding contests now in particular women and it <laughs> fails to make me smile when I see a woman who is competing and the color that they paint them they are mm. literally it's a teak for the one better word yeah so the name of the gym is called or was called sun gym the sun gym and it was very much as you would expect a gym of that era it was a brick sort of warehouse looking kind of place in a well yeah but also a total scene it was for the one bit of pumping it was super popular very well you know subscribed to and it was there was a lot going on there so a lot of people a lot of you know new people a lot of energy and you know just generally a lot of guys hanging around who are you know just Trying to one, you know, up themselves. What's it called? Not up themselves. <laughs> one up themselves. One up themselves. One up each other. Surely. One up yeah. each up other. Themselves. Oh, if you yeah. don't mind. Oh god, it doesn't matter what I said. They've all come out terribly wrong. Oops, a daisy one, up your kyber. I'm, I'm thinking of one upmanship, but I'm trying to say something else at the same time. I hate it when my mind does that. Anyway, I think we get the general gist. I kind of like it when your mind does that. Yeah, puts a smile on my face. Oh, so of the characters that we're going to meet at the Sun Gym, first of all, there's the manager and his Sunny. name, Daniel Lugo. And as I said, it was a bodybuilder hangout and he had a prior sort of conviction. So in 1991, he'd been arrested and pled guilty to fraud and he'd served a 15-month sentence um, in addition to three-year federal probation period for fraud because he'd been pretending to be part of a Hong Kong bank looking to invest in American small businesses and basically been ripping off old people. That's not your stereotypical gym crime, is it? Not really, but you start to get this sort of sense that a couple of people who were at the gym had a little bit of a past, shall we say. They'd all been mm. dabbling a little bit. I'd no be thinking drugs and interested. guns and that yeah. sort of stuff, less I'm pretending I'm a bank. That's mm. right. I reckon other gyms would have been laughing. It's all, That's not... But it's all petty crime, isn't it? Like, yeah. I don't know if petty crime is quite fraud. But anyway, all we'll, right. we'll go there. You know, you have time. They're not, You're right, it's yeah, white well, colour crime. Yeah. It's sort of, sort of, you know, well, it's just... It's just that, Ripped white You know what we talk about? It doesn't belong in the gym. No, no, it doesn't belong in the gym, no. Mm. You're right. It's not typical Agreed. to that Wouldn't setting. Wouldn't have put there. But I think as we get sort of further into the story, you do realise that there are just people that are always trying to find a way to make a buck, right? Mm -hmm. Well, those who've got it and those who haven't and those who think they're entitled to it. Then there's a chap called Noel. <laughs> His surname bothers me so much just because it's such, you know how some words are just difficult. This is a difficult word for me to say. His surname is Dorbell, B-A-L. And I keep Not Dorbell. Not Dorbell. Dorbell. And not but, dumbbell. But not Doble. No, it's just Noel. Noel? It's because it's Noel as well. Noel, Noel doorbell. 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 It doesn't matter Noel how many times doorbell. I read it. So I cannot remember it. I have to look each time to read it because the Noel combined with the Doorbell, doorbell the, the letters, how they sit there, I yeah. can't do it. So Norbert. I'd prefer if it was Dumbbell. Dumbbell. Given it's a gym we might have to call him Or even dumbbell. Dingbell. Dingbell. So Noel, Noel Doorbell. <laughs> I still can't do it. He worked part-time alongside Lugo. <laughs> 
Yeah. There was also a gentleman by the name of Carl Weeks, and Carl had moved from my um, from New York. <laughs> Is that why he was going to the gym? Because he's weak. Because weak. He'd moved down to Miami to live with his girlfriend's cousin, who was a gentleman called Stevenson Pierre. Is there a comma there and they've got his name like an attendance list? No. Pierre had been hired by um, Daniel Lugo in February of 94 to create a collection agency for overdue gym membership payments. When it didn't work, he just remained at the gym as a back office manager Do in the I weight assume room. from that that they were offering that service to other gyms? Because how many late how many late fees do you I have that thinking. you have to have an agency that you set up? Yeah, I don't know. I think they're just trying to make money. I and mean, I got an email yeah. from my gym that said that my payment didn't go through and can I contact them, which I didn't do because I can't be bothered. Mm. But, you know, I don't think someone's going to come and break my knee over it. Wow. They just won't let me in if I go again. Well, well, wait and see. They'll drop a ding bell on him when he's there. <laughs> yeah, next. stay tuned. And then Could there be a was. Cautionary tale, Clarky. George, George uh, Delgado, spelled J O R G E. George. Oh. George. George Delgado. And he was a personal trainer. And oh, he was Jorge. actually the manager. Jorge. How do you say it? Jorge. 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 That's right. Yeah. Like Jorge. Jorge. Jorge Delgado. 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 The cat. Delgado? Delgado? Or Cato? Delgado. El Pussicato. Pu- <laughs> Some, anyway. I'm sure we've just managed to offend every Hispanic person <laughs> ever. Or with the, a, a, last... 18 listeners. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I wonder how many, if we could do a split of our team, how many are, I don't know, I don't even know what Spanish speaking, because we'll be Portuguese speaking as well, I guess, but Hispanic. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm not sure whether we've offended people or just shown ourselves to be completely ignorant. Probably both. Which is probably more about us than oh, yeah. anyone yeah, else. Yeah, please, don't yeah. take it personally. It's our only you? Yeah, it's not you, it's us. It doesn't mean cat, it means slender. So you've got Mr. Oh. Weak and you've got Mr. Slender. Slender. Well, yep. Slender man. Slender, slender man. Slender. slender. Oh, oh, hey, slender. Yep, so Mr. Slender, so George Delgado, and he was working as a personal trainer and he was also being Daniel Lugo, who was the manager's trainer. He was training him. And now George is important because he had a relationship with a man outside of the gym and he was a business partner and this man's name was Mark Schiller. Uh, and Mark, when you say a relationship, was it a business? A relationship? business relationship. It was business not partners. sexual. It was not sexual mm. at all. It was definitely a business relationship. And Delgado and Mark Schiller had been in business since about ninety-one, so for you know a good couple of years. And they were trusted, I guess, or confidants of one another. They they did socialize together with their families, uh, girlfriends or wives and children. Been to each other's homes, so they they had a. A, a decent connection and Mark Schiller was not a member of the gym but he was introduced to Daniel Lugo through Delgado and he immediately felt that something wasn't right and said I don't think that guy's a good guy I don't think you should have anything to do with him he's not giving me a good vibe because Mark Schiller was very successful he was a multimillionaire, and he had a number of different business interests and brains. And, well, I guess so. And Some he, intuition um, about reading people too, yeah. Yeah, and so he, from the outset, wasn't comfortable and sort of said to Delgado, look, I'm not I'm not comfortable. If you want to do something with him, then then that'd be fine because there was some talk about doing different things. And that is a very important point to make at this point because it does come up a little later. 
So I might introduce you now to Mark Schiller, a little bit more about him and, and how he became, you know, as successful as he did. He was born in Argentina, actually, and I think he might have was been Jewish. Everyone given his surname. is from some kind of Latin background, because Lugo is a Spanish not necessarily name as well. a couple of people. A couple were, and actually. We're going to meet some other people who are from um, your old neck of the woods a little bit later. And by that, I don't mean Essendon. I mean, mean Hungary. Hungary. <laughs> Hungary. Oh. No, Hungary. <laughs> Essendon no, by Hungary. Yeah. Well, I think it, know, um, it's a real building. melting pot, I think. You know, Miami is, you know, really, it is all colours and all things. And it's a very vibrant place. And It is. It's I, lovely. There's, there's, mm. I think that, you know. It's got a big Cuban influence as well. Yes, yeah. but the Hungarians who come into the story a little bit later, they came at a stage where they had grown up watching Miami Vice and were totally, you know, inspired and in love with that idea. So that's how they sort of envisaged yep. Miami and why they ended up there. So mm. you can see that it's a real, it draws people in. It's it's fast, exciting, there's opportunities, it's the American dream, it's all those things. And this but it's is a the real 90s, melting yeah? pot. This is the 90s. Yeah. yeah. Mark Schiller, born Marcello Schiller, born in Argentina, uh, and but he grew up in the United States where he attended college and he eventually got his CPA, which I think is your um, practicing accountant, isn't it? Your chartered certified <laughs> CPA, but yes. certified, certified practicing accountant. So I used to I work so, there. Yeah. Yep. Oh really? Well, there you go. Mark had a Gosh, successful it all medical. Links back to you. You are <gasps> the am, common thing. Yeah. <laughs> he had a, um, a successful medical billing business, and he also owned a restaurant and. I've read somewhere that he had, I don't know if he owned all of the franchises or just owned, a, you know, a, a number of franchises of like a, a deli kind of situation as well. And he also had his his finger in, in some nutritional supplements business, which I guess does lend itself to a little bit of more of a gym thing. But a lot of those things feel like they they could be just as current today, especially the supplements. All that stuff is big business now, right? It's huge where they see those big warehouse style mm. uh, strip mall shops, which obviously started in the U.S., there's lots of money in the things that he's sort of been involved in and no doubt the medical billing business was probably one of them. I think what was happening with Delgado was they were actually looking at a mortgage business or something. I, I can't find a hell of a lot of information on it, but they were doing something along those lines. So there was no, he didn't own a franchise, didn't own this. He was just, you know, they were having, they would be having meetings and doing stuff, but it doesn't sound particularly clear as to what they were doing or how much or how successful. And given that he was a personal trainer, I think what he was trying to do was find an avenue to make money as opposed to having access to it already. Do you know what I mean? I think he was probably, I've got this idea and I've got this and I know you've got money and I know you've got influence and how are we going to do something together, which is kind of the only way I can make a connection as to why they would have been sort of hanging out together. Anyway, so there was also another gentleman called John and I think I think his name is Mess or Messy. I've got to check that because if I say it incorrectly, it makes a bit of a difference with his name. And he was the owner of the gym and he was... Now, we used to use this term a lot in um, Europe. I think it means, I think, a notary. So he was somebody who I think he might have been an accountant originally as well, but he did have a bit of a business background and he was someone who could sign documents and, you know, if you, you know what you need to go to. Do you do that in Australia, go to a notary? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was a notary. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Yep. That's sort of the setup of the son, Jim, and the gentleman who were sort of the characters in, uh, in, in play there. And then we need to sort of jump ahead slightly to a little bit of a situation with our friend Mark Schiller. So in 1994, oh. uh, Daniel Lugo, 
asked Noel Dorble, Dumbbell, and Stephen St. Pierre whether they were interested in making $100,000 for two days' work. Wow. Yes, please. Sign me up. Yes. According Why not? How many people have to die? According to okay, Lugo, now remember Lugo was the manager and he was the one that Mark Schiller said, mm, doesn't feel right. According to Lugo, businessman yeah. Mark Schiller had stolen $100,000 from him and $200,000 from another gym member named George Delgado. At another meeting a few days later, Delgado agreed to the plan to abduct Schiller and force him to sign over his assets and potentially kill him. Delgado was able to give specific information about Schiller, including the codes to his house. So remember, we've got the manager of the gym who we already sense is not a great guy. We've got the PT who has been a business partner of Mark Schiller and he has also been a personal, you know, confidant or whatever else. He knows codes and has been at their house and he's now agreeing to this with his you know, new friend, Daniel Lugo. Very nice. Top bloke. The gang had varying plans and made attempts to kidnap Schiller. In fact, there were seven, seven failed attempts. One of them was what? they planned to wear ninja outfits the Halloween and knock on Schiller's door. This plan did not transpire. On an early morning in... It sounds like a Hanna-Barbera show. I can't believe it show. wouldn't work. What went wrong? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They probably got spotted coming out of their car dressed as ninjas. Funny you should say like, that. You On an early kids. morning in November, Dorbel Pierre Weeks, dressed in black and wearing gloves and military camouflage makeup, crawled across the lawn, <laughs> planning to storm the house when Schiller went to get the newspapers. However, a passing car scared them off. <laughs> 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 That's commitment. Oh, as I said, there were seven failed attempts. Uh, they were just in costumes. They were doing it. Was yes, it dark? It was like morning light. When yeah, you say it was like, early in the morning, was it? I just got visions of it being like nine <laughs> no, o'clock no, no, in the morning, no. and it's. What time did you go get the paper? Let's say it was. <laughs> they're seven. dressed in black. Okay. Their final failed attempt happened on Thursday, November fourteenth, in nineteen ninety-four, and after that failed attempt, they ended up getting in a big Mario a former Sun Gym weightlifting instructor and licensed pro, they sort of Are you got, had to get some more help. The same day, Big Mario. Big Mario. The same afternoon, Schiller was waiting for a prospective buyer at a Sholensky's franchise delicatessen that he owned. At 4pm, when the buyer hadn't turned up, Schiller left and was grabbed by three men while crossing the parking lot who stunned him with tasers and then punched him and forced him into a waiting van. The Sun Jim Gang, which we will now refer to. Mm, Sun Jim The Sun Jim Gang. And I want to say Sun Jim. SGG. The Sun City Casino. I always think Sun City, Sun City. Just that ring a bell with you guys in, in mm. South Africa. Yeah. The Sun Jim Gang. Yeah. yeah. I've been there. Oh, have you? I right. haven't. Well, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's lovely. The Sun Jim Gang then took Schiller to Delgado's warehouse. The PT, the personal trainer, has a warehouse. But anyway, there you go. <laughs> Uh, I think he's I'm going to take you to my warehouse. Don't let me take you to your week. Exactly. Let me take you to where that my warehouse. That evening. Haven't you got a warehouse? Is that what you're saying? You yeah. want a warehouse? Do you have a warehouse? Go to your warehouse. No, go to my warehouse. Yeah, whose warehouse are we going to use? Oh, which one would mine's you want? Where else? No, mine's pretty. We have to empty it out. <laughs> they ret- they went back to the car park and retrieved Schiller's car from the parking lot, and they drove it to the warehouse. That by retrieved, you mean stole? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Collected, yes. <laughs> that first evening the gang made Schiller call his wife and tell her to go with his children to Colombia. 
giving what? the gang access to his house. Now, what I don't know about is because if he is from Argentina, I don't know where the connection with Colombia is, but they must have had a house there or something because basically she does what she's told. So she leaves and then you never hear about her and the kids again, which I just find odd. I think that if someone called and said, you've got to leave the country with the kids and I did it, would I guess they must have threatened as such that she was silent. But wouldn't you have kind of mentioned it? They someone? probably got they abducted by a cartel. For weeks, the gang made Sheila tell a series of stories and under pressure. So when you mean telling a story for a period of time as weeks or Mr. Weeks? Yeah. Oh, no, over a period of time. Right, thank you. They they just were so terrible to him. Oh, my God, the things that they did. Let me find you a list of how mean. And Are we going to go into torture? We might. Do. There's a couple of quotes here from him. He was, I don't want to go too much into that because quite frankly, I was, I was looking at another story to do when I chose this one and I just... I couldn't actually repeat some of the things that I was reading. I was so, not not in this story, this is not great, but honestly this other story that I found and I will talk to you guys about it another time. Whoa. Iramashio. Sickos. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. stop it. Do you know what I mean? I was like, oh, I want, God. I do know what you mean. You're like, do yeah. I, do I don't I think I can repeat it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not yeah. comfortable with that. Mm. I want to hear the sunshine after the rain. <laughs> no, give me that. Give me the happy stuff. Well, they they tased him obviously when they um, got him. They handcuffed him and they just started to torture and beat him. Mm. And what they were doing, like they were putting cigarettes out on him and burning him. And what, oh. why were they doing this? Well, because they're sickos to some extent. They but there was a long. There's a lot. They're going to get to that point. Yeah. Right. So what to start with? They just to try and totally unsettle him. They tased Mark. They'd handcuffed him, and then they went through this sort of. They were just trying to torture him to get him totally unsettled because they had a plan and they wanted stuff from him and they wanted him to start to sign over his assets. So to do that, they really went in hard and, you know, they were burning him. There was, he was, he's quoted as saying, obviously, that he thought he was going to die in the warehouse. And after they tortured and beat him, him for days, one of them, he said that doorbell, doorbell, dumbbell, would yell, fire, fire, and then he would burn me, you know, burn my skin, and then he'd do it again. And he said he would be laughing so hard that he could hear that he was crying that he'd laughed that much while they were doing it to him. They wouldn't let him go to the toilet. They had his head all masked up with masking tape, and they even played Russian roulette with him. They threatened to rape his wife. When you say they played Russian roulette with him, did they have a, a gun. bullet in there? Well, apparently, yeah. Because that's pretty high risk. Yes. So If you're gonna... kidnapping someone wanting them to sign stuff over. Yeah. It's just shows how stupid they are. That comes to bear later. Eventually the torture got to Mark and they basically got him to agree to sign over all his assets. I just, he was still handcuffed, you know, all this sort of stuff. And he, I, I, holding him upside down, he was signing papers. It was just beyond mm. belief really. It sounds like I'm making it up. While blindfolded, he was still signing over assets to his home, to his bank accounts, a life insurance policy that he had. And Surely once they're giving up all your leverage, though, and you know, once you sign it off, they're just going to kill you. There's nothing. Yeah, there's, there's no point. Well, that was know, what like, their plan is. Yeah. yeah, and I think what they'd also done is they had set up a Bahamian like offshore company, so they could do it not in their names. So it was all being sent somewhere else, and then they were going to use it. Do you know what I mean? It's not like they're going to sign it over to me. My name is Daniel Lugo. Please sign over to yeah. me. My name is George Delgado. Yeah. So once the group got hold of the properties and the money, whatever else, all of his assets, they kept Mark for a while before deciding to kill him. And what they decided to do was they thought they wanted to make it look like an accident. So they 
basically pumped alcohol into him over a period of about three days, came really drunk. And I think they had sleeping tablets in there as well. And then the plan was that they would put him into a car and they would stage a drunken accident. So what they did was... Can't be easy to do, can it? Uh, well, it is crazy, really. Well, it's easier than hijacking someone dressed as a ninja, obviously. I thought they might have gone, he tried to lift too many weights at the gym and the dumbbell or the barbell fell fell on his throat and he died. That might be... Like staging a drunken car crash sounds like... A lot of work. I think it's ambitious. I have to say that they're very ambitious. It's like all things, given their skill sets and they are, you know, they're not put off by, you know... Trying something a little bit. Oh, let's just be a little bit left of field. I think we could give it a shot. Let's see how it goes. You know, to be honest, it's successful to an extent. Mm. So it comes to a sort of a crescendo where after weeks of them, you know, getting his autograph, getting everything sort of planned, what was supposed to be like a two-day abduction has gone on for about, I think, three weeks it works out as being, where they've converted assets into, you know, the Bahamas, Cayman Islands, whatever else, they've transferred money, they've got the insurance policy signed over to one of the girlfriends or an ex-wife of one of their, you know, so it's a new beneficiary they are. Mm. They're ready to get rid of him. So the gang plan to get Sheila drunk they over three sort of days and send him out in his car for the fatal crash. So at 2.30 on December 15, so they did, oh, so it's about a month later actually, after three days of forced drinking, Sheila was placed into the passenger seat of his car with Lugo driving, while Weeks and, and Dumbbell followed in a Camry. <laughs> a crash site was chosen three blocks south of Schletzky's, which was the deli that he owned. The remember? deli, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Schiller was then strapped into the driver's seat and Lugo moved into the passenger side and stomped the gas pedal and steered the vehicle towards a concrete utility pole, jumping out just before the collision. When Lugo inspected the wreckage, so remember he's driving behind in the um, Camry, Schiller was still alive but unconscious. Lugo then splashed gasoline over him and lit it on fire. Oh, no. However, Schiller opened the door and climbed out of the car. Good on him. The gang chased him in their car, nailing him against a wall. And then it doesn't say in this source, but somewhere else I've read that they actually ran over him not once but twice. Then as another car approached, it caused him to speed off. Yeah, because they're frightened of cars. Yeah, they are. That's very true. They ran away from the first one they saw. Yeah, yeah. I thought I had a bad day yesterday. (laughs) This is a tough month really. This This is the nightmare run up to Christmas. We're only, yeah, we're, we're only at December 15. Oh, hang on, what's today? Yeah. Oh, we're a day shy. Oh, imagine, imagine, we've got to, I mean, imagine I'm we feeling a little bit under the really pump. Pissed. We should yeah. just be really drunk and on sleeping pills if we're following his timeline. Yeah. I think that there must be something in that as to why he survived all of that back Very end. Very relaxed, Because he was so hammered over yeah. three days, his body yeah. just, you know, bleh. So on December 16th, Schiller was admitted into, the, into hospital and he was treated as John Doe and a possible DUI because they found him, you know, pissed out of his head, right? Looks like he's been in a car accident. Correct. First of all, when he comes to... Does it, though, if he's been run over two times Well, this is the thing. They don't even take him seriously. (laughs) So whilst he's in hospital and he sort of comes to, he's in a critical but stable condition. I keep thinking about Weekend at Bernie's. I know he's Yes, it's totally... This is the problem with this story. There's your levity is, you know, how ludicrous some of this sounds and they just keep surviving and getting on with it, I think. But they do say that if you're drunk and you fall over, you bounce so you won't injure yourself. So I reckon maybe... Because he's drunk, he's just bouncing off everything, you know. Maybe. I'm fine, I'm fine. Goodness me. So he comes to in the hospital and he tries to tell them that he's been kidnapped. 
But because he's come in and under the you know the situation of a DUI, they just think he's still pissed. They don't take him seriously, and he starts to really freak out. Whatever else, and he's then. I don't know if it's immediately, I think he's moved to another hospital. At the same time, the Sun Jim gang start calling the hospitals and the morgue trying to find out where he is or because they, you know, they were, they were calling the morgue. Surely he's dead, right? The morgue has nobody. So then they start calling hospital area, the hospitals Shit. in the area. <laughs> and they discover that Schiller was at South Miami Hospital in a critical but stable condition. So the gang visit the hospital intending to finish the job. Mm-hmm. No. Uh-huh. But when they get there, he's already gone. And he was transferred to another <laughs> hospital. It really does sound like a far-fetched film. Plot. It's ridiculous, yeah. right? And then at that point, he I think he gets in touch with a lawyer and then his sister and they, they get him out and he ends up in Staten Island, I think it was, in a hospital in Staten Island, and then he goes to stay with his sister in Long Island, for a, which I don't know why they don't even connect, but within New York State, she, he ends up in Long Island for, with his sister for a little while to recuperate. That's kind of it for the one of, <laughs> you know, it's sort of like, oh, okay, but then what happens? Then what happens? And yeah, so he's gone off, the wife's in Colombia, and then Long back in Island. Miami, the Sun Jim gang have just sort of start getting on with things. So... No. In early January 1995, so remember this happened in December, you know, they get Christmas out of the way, and then Daniel Lugo moves into Schiller's home that D&J International, which is one of the companies that he set up in the Bahamian company. It's pretty bold, isn't it? Company. Yep. It's uh, he's still alive. You would think, mm, he's going to rat on us, we better yeah. not move into the house. We'll Correct. pretend like none of it happened. They know he's alive and they don't understand where he is at the time. So they move into his house. And they tell residents what? in the neighbourhood that they are members of the US security forces and that Mark Schiller and his family were in legal trouble and they'd been deported, you know, he and his family had been deported. And the house was now confiscated and become government property and they were there to, I think, see what else was going on and what else they could uncover, which seemed like a plausible cover, right? If someone no. disappears so really? quickly. No, if someone moved into the house next door and they said I'd all that shit to me, bullshit. I'd be like, you're a bonkers or something. Maybe if they were yeah. all bodybuilders, I would be a little bit suspicious, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. There's so many whack things that happen with American sort of borders and police and FBI and CIA and whatever else. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know who to believe, to be honest. Carla, if someone in the house next door to you said that they've moved in because they're from the <laughs> special forces or whatever and the people have been deported, like... Yeah, see, so no, yeah, it's the right it's reaction. Just, it's just fair enough. That's maybe exactly I'm, maybe right. I'm just maybe laugh I'm a bit in too much in my Miami mind. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I, I take your point. You've been watching too many movies too. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I think you're probably right there. So whilst this is happening, Mark Schiller gets in touch, I believe, with a lawyer who puts him in touch with a gentleman called Ed Dubois. And Ed Dubois is a, <gasps> a private... Have you heard private, about Ed Dubois before? I don't know. It sounds like something out of every southern kind of thing, you know, like yeah. Blanche Dubois or something like that, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. from Golden Girls. Golden Girls, yeah. I thought, I just, it just stayed there that nobody's listening to him. So when he was in hospital, you know, when he's come to, he was covered in burns, cuts and a broken pelvis. However, nobody oh, believed oh. his story, saying to him, you know, it was just an accident you've been in. And he eventually contacts Ed Dubois, who's a private investigator. And Ed Dubois is the one who says, right, this is what's happened and I've temporarily moved to Colombia because I just, I can't, you know, I, I need to be safe and go back to find my wife. This is what these people have done to me. He didn't actually put a report in to police until April of 1995. 
Oh, my God. But as he said, the police never believed him, ever. And you know, there are situations where they were, you know, laughing at, you know, the story and saying, oh, it's just fabricated, whatever else. But no, no one was no one was taking any of it seriously. But Ed Dubois was, you know, starting to put the piece of the puzzle together. He was he was working in the background on it. So I am shocked. where are our Sun Jim gang? What are they up to? Living the high life? Absolutely. Sure. They've got access to money. So they're <laughs> going to strip joints and they're on the gear and, you know, still going to the gym, still working out. They are spending money at such a fast rate that they think that maybe they need to find a new target. So at one point there was a gentleman called Winston Lee that they were interested in, but that that sort of fell apart and they didn't end up sort of following him. He, it was a, he was a Jamaican guy who was going to the gym, but they let it go because through Noel Dorbell, <laughs> I can't say it, oh, the gang were made aware of another wealthy man. And here comes oh, Schmidt's no. folk. Oh, he was a Hungarian God. gentleman called Frank Grieger. And Frank had immigrated to America. As I said, he had been watching Miami Vice from abroad at some point. So I don't know at what, what time he came into the US, but he was in his early 30s at this point. And he had made his fortune by running a phone sex empire, which if you think about what that was in the 1990s and late TV, you know how it used to be on late night and TV and calling double people. Oh, double five. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. absolutely. And Frank had a girlfriend called Christina Burton. And I believe Christina was also Hungarian. I don't know that her surname sounds terribly Hungarian, Furton. Um, but Christina has a Z in it, if that helps. So that sounds kind of Hungarian, right? Uh, totally spelling. <laughs> Pretty spelling. No, Hungarian spelling. K-R-I-S-Z-T-N-A. Ah, yeah, it's Christina. Christina. Yes. And they had been introduced, Noel Dorbal had introduced Daniel Lugo as his cousin to Grieger on May 20. And Dorbal convinced Lugo to form a plan to kidnap and extort the couple. And they were, they were trying to sort of set up saying, look, we could do a, a serious business deal. So Lugo and Dorbel posed as serious businessmen offering Grieger investment opportunities. Lugo involved his girlfriend, Sabrina, who believed that Lugo was a CIA agent. Oh. Not at all. And that she was assisting him in his mission to capture a Hungarian businessman who was guilty of using women for sex and circumnavigating US tax laws. It's got everything, this story. I know, it's crazy. (laughs) After several meetings on May 25, 1995, so we're the following year from when um, Mark Schiller was abducted, Dorbel, I think accidentally is important, accidentally killed Grieger during a fight at his apartment. No. The gang had planned to bring Grieger back to the warehouse where they could begin to extort him, a la the way they had with Mark Schiller, but that kind of went a little bit haywire didn't it when they accidentally knocked him off straight up and when their victim was killed early and christina was with frank so so they tried to kill someone and failed yeah and then they (laughs) They didn't try to kill someone that is exactly right so christina was in the apartment in another room at the same time and after witnessing her partner being murdered she was injected with rompun which is a horse tranquilizer by daniel lugo and the idea was then, okay, we'll use her. We will get the codes for the house. We'll do everything through Christina. The gang began to attempt to extract information from Christina regarding the codes, which would grant entry into his home, whilst continuing to inject her with rompun. After this, she and stopped supplying her with information. And then when someone turned up at the house, the codes weren't working. 
And so they gave her a little bit more to try, you know, make her a little bit more compliant. And on the third dose of tranquilizer, it resulted in her death. Correct. So, Schmitty, that was, remember you were saying before, Mm -hmm. if he signs the stuff, then he's got no currency and they're going to kill him. Yeah. If you you don't, they they horse tranquilize you. It's kind of lose, lose. They really (laughs) are. I agree. I mean, She's not giving us what we want, so let's give her more of something more that could get her. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, they're not the writers. Um, I'll just go back a tiny bit. Furton is an extremely um, common name in Hungary. Is right? it? Yes. Furton. I take Furton. that back. Furton. Yeah, F-U-R-T-O-N. Yeah. It's a, it, it normally would have umlauts over it. Ah, I was going to say, Furton. it doesn't look at it at all. But I, I take it. Furton. There you go. She was a, it's a very Hungarian name. Oh, I'm so pleased to hear that. Because I thought it maybe she changed it or Americanized it or she'd been married before. She's well, young. She was like twenty. I was going to say I feel sorry for them not just because they're dead and victims yeah. of the story, but I think the timing is interesting. And as you say, you don't know when they actually moved to the US. No. But Hungary, the communism fell in Hungary in eighty nine ninety. Yes. So you would have yeah. had um, young Hungarians being exposed a lot more to Western stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know more in uh, you know more uh, interested in going over to places like Miami and that. So, it's a, yes, that's a bit of a tragic story, that one, so far. Mm. I'm sure you've got more to tell us. Well, it, I so informative. But, it is, um, <laughs> but I think that's really important in, in terms of who these people were because Mark Schiller and Frank and Christina, they were bad people. They were involved oh, they in were. some colourful things. They're, so, for instance, with the sex lines or whatever else, they were a really loving couple, but they were in, they were they frequented you know strip joints. That doesn't doesn't mean you deserve to be no no it killed, you know, all that kind no, of stuff. No, no, but you know no. they were they were definitely on that side. There were there was exposure to different parts of their life certainly, and coming across people like that, it wasn't all above board, but it wasn't criminal necessarily. No, do you know what I'm no. saying? No, yeah, yeah, I do. And they certainly yeah. had a dream, and the but all three of them. Had that dream, of, you know, the American dream of you know really working hard, and they had they right. all they had done it through hard work. They hadn't they weren't necessarily ill gotten gains. They, they didn't steal from other people. They didn't. No, put, they weren't killing people any, to get their money. Torture no. people to get their cash. So what happens there is on so May twenty five is when they are well killed. May twenty six, the housekeeper turns up at their house. They weren't killed in their house. They were killed at the apartment, mm. right? And she finds their dog barking like crazy and she said they would never have left their dog and I swear on one of the things I listened to and I'm not sure if I was right I think the dog might have been called Zaza but their beautiful dog who they loved was left alone and pooed everywhere in the house and that they said that would never have happened oh, poor Shasha. Oh, dirty. also they were due to go they had a house in the Bahamas and they were due to fly out I think that day or the next day, and the housekeeper found their tickets because it wasn't online, you know, in the olden, in the olden days, in the 90s, it was, you know, you, you paid the ticket. So she saw the ticket and she wasn't comfortable with that at all. So she called a friend of theirs and said, you know, what, what do you know about Frank and Christina? Do you know where they are? And then that's sort of where they started. And the thing was they had no crime scene, no body, but they were concerned that they were missing. So she acquired the help of Judy Bartez, a friend of Ferdinand, and the two entered the house together. Shortly following, Bartez contacted their mutual Hungarian friends in the Miami area to see if they knew the couple's whereabouts. After some time, the Golden Beach Police Department were called and at 7.30am on May 31, so that's some some days later, Lloyd Alvarez, a friend of Grieg, has spotted his yellow Lamborghini travelling in a convoy between two other cars, so like trying to hide it kind of thing. He followed the trio of cars 
and recognized Daniel Lugo in the Mercedes and basically they contacted the police. So what had happened to Frank Grieger and Christina Fern? Well, the day after they were killed, Grieger's body was concealed in Mark mm. Schiller's stolen couch and Burton's oh, body was put in a U-Haul clothing box. Both were placed in the back of a van and Delgado and Dobble <laughs> drove to Daniel Lugo's warehouse. <laughs> this is just horrendous. It was here that the gang dismembered and disposed oh. of the bodies of Grieger and Furton putting them in drums, like just the usual, just horrendous. So eight days after their disappearance, Captain Al Harper phoned Ed Dubois and they began to collaborate with the police investigation because now all the things that they were starting to say or, you know, Mark Schiller had said, perhaps there might might be a bit of Mm. common ground here. Mark Schiller returned to Miami two months after he had first told investigators his story. So he's now back in Miami because, you know, there might be something happening here. Someone might actually want to listen to him now. The next morning, Metro-Dade Police Service served warrants in the house of Daniel Lugo, George Delgado, Noel, Noel Dumbbell and John Meese, who is the, the gym owner and the notary, because he was used. I don't know if I actually went into that. I think I forgot. But when they were getting all of the paperwork signed over, and they needed the somebody, right, who, to, to and he did it yeah. all. He yeah. did it all. And what is quite interesting is Ed Dubois knew John Meese. They had, I think they'd gone to school or uni together or something like that. So he had got in touch when he was doing his PI work. He'd got in touch with him and said, uh, do you want to tell me what happened here? Because I've got someone who's saying that he's being tortured and you know, there's been threatened to be murdered or tried to be murdered. And your name is on all the documents of all of the things that were his belongings and no longer, you know, his assets. So he goes, oh, I, I don't know. So he got, I think, I don't know, one of them turned out, they were supposed to be Delgado and uh, Lugo turned up. One of them did and basically wouldn't answer any questions. But he took a bodyguard with him. So there was, that was sort of happening in the background. So it, again, there was another moment there where people were having conversations about what was going on but it didn't appear that the police were terribly in the loop do you know what I mean it was just all it happening does sound like underground and under the radar set the whole case up and the police rang up and said so who did it and they were like, he's like here's all the evidence and yeah. so they went and arrested these people so with the warrants they they got Daniel Lugo George Delgado Notable and Jomes and but Daniel Lugo had already fled to the Bahamas but he was arrested five days later in Nassau by a multi-agency task force and brought back to Miami on June 10 <laughs> A multi-agency task force. Daniel Lugo agreed to reveal the hiding place of the bodies in return for police mentioning his helpfulness. He took them to the submerged barrels. However, the drums did not contain the victim's heads, hands and feet, which Which was crucial identification. However, the body of Furton was later identified, and I think this is the first person that this this is the first time this had been used, through her breast implant serial numbers which was matched the records held by her plastic surgeon. Police also arrested Carl Weeks and Stephen St. Pierre and the girlfriends also facing charges. Well, they said they were, they were names on, uh, they were beneficiaries on some things, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. correct. I, I, who, I sort of like, I find, who behaves like this? Like at what point do you go from being, you know, involved in a bit of fraud or having, having maybe too many steroids and getting a bit cranky <laughs> to being full-blown Cutting people's Murderer. bodies up. I don't up, think Roid like, Rage. Literally dissecting them. I don't think Roid Rage no. is having a few too many steroids and getting a bit cranky. I, I think no, you find it no. has a significant effect on your ability to judge situations. 
oh, and God, reacted appropriately. Tremendous. I feel like I've watched a movie on fast forward and so like <laughs> I've seen some of the things that happen. I know part of the storyline but I, I've just got no idea what just happened. Like that, I will, I will bring that in now. There was a movie that was, yeah, and it was, the problem with the movie was, and you can see having gone through the story that it's rich fodder for, I don't know, a dark comedy. Mm. And mm. unfortunately, it's like it's like it's a little bit like what we do every week. There's there's elements of it which are so farcical that it is humorous, mm. but there are victims. Yeah. And that was what they found was difficult. So there was a movie released in 2013 and the director was Michael Bay, who's like action man. I think he did Armageddon and Transformers and stuff. And the leads in it were Mark Wahlberg and The Rock. So The Rock. Rock. And it was called Pain and Gain. But I've got some quotes here from I think I can find something about where the sister and that's so sad when they've come out. When the movie was released, people were really not pleased prosecutors former detectives and the sister of one of the victims however are concerned at the movie the tagline the american their sorry their american dream is bigger than yours will portray the killers in a sympathetic light and play down the brutality of the murders i think it's ridiculous it's horrible what happened to them said susanna grieger the sister of frank grieger murdered along with his girlfriend christina ferton I don't want the American public to be sympathetic to those killers. Miami-Dade State Attorney Catherine Fernandez-Rundle said, what Hollywood is going to do, Hollywood is going to do. My thoughts are with the victims. To trivialise that this horrible tale of torture and death makes a mockery out of their lives and the justice system. Build as an action comedy, Pain and Gain opens in April 2013 and stars Mark Wahlberg as Lugo, Anthony Mackie, don't know who that is, as Dorbel, and Dwayne The Rock Johnson as Paul Doyle, an apparent sort of fictional composite character based on several members of the murderous crew. They say it's a true story up front, and I, I've seen parts of it last night, and I, I might actually watch it now, but it is... Poor taste. It looks like just poor taste. <laughs> it really is. And there's a scene where they are barbecuing, oh. like they've got a Weber, and they're barbecuing hands and That's feet and, like, turning them to try and get rid of them. But... It must be really difficult for the family. You know, anyone who's yeah, touched yeah, by yeah. This. It's horrendous, and 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 so that brings me to where is Mark Schiller now? So Mark Schiller not happy, and the gentleman who plays Mark Schiller. Have you any of you watched um, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel? Yeah. So the dad yeah. in the marvelous yeah. Mrs. Maisel is the person who is the the Mark Schiller character. He's not called Mark Schiller. He's called someone Kersher, I can't remember. And he's a really flashy, unlikable chap. And so Mark Schiller is saying, I can't believe that you've done this. You know, I was tortured. These people tried mm. to murder me. Like, I mean, and you're making and you're so making much money. You're betraying me out as an absolute like dick I asked who deserved for it. it. Yeah, yeah. Correct. So he's written two books. Well, one was called Pain and Gain, The Untold True Story. The other was called Imaginatively Pain and Gain, How I Survived and Triumphed. <laughs> Turned out that uh, once they'd gone to trial, and we can go through what they were charged with, but Mark Schiller, whoops, was also arrested by the FBI for a Medicare scam, which they insisted had never happened. But he event- Mark eventually took a plea deal because he said he was so tired of fighting he did have to serve two years in prison. Uh, but he's rep- repeatedly reclaimed his innocence. But he did find life difficult when he came out because he'd lost his um, CPA licence, but he did get it back after a couple of years. So he's now a, um, a tax specialist somewhere, so he just sort of has got on with his life. Would you like to know what they were, I mean... The charges the char- were? Honestly, I can't. <laughs> What's quite nice is it's just simply lists. 
Can you see that? That's one oh, person. Yep. Hey, before you do that, yeah. do you want me to tell you about a movie review of Pain and Gain? Please do. What a load of old um, shit. Oh, my God. No, no, no. So this is from Sebastian Joseph, and it's from three years ago. Yeah. This movie literally makes you want to work out. It's not hard to get inspired and hit the gym after you've done watching this movie. <laughs> You, you know, when this movie came out in 2013, I watched it twice in theatres and when it came out on Blu-ray, I watched this movie on repeat. The movie has such a good rewatch value. You can watch it again and again and you cannot get tired of it. In my opinion, this was one of the best movies of 2013 and it's really hard to believe that the guy who has a hard-on for explosions, a.k.a. Michael Bay, made this. <laughs> this movie just proves <laughs> that he is immensely capable of making good movies when he's not making popcorn flicks like Transformers or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The dark humour in this movie is superb and what's even shocking is that it happened for real. For real? I remember being intrigued and curious about the real story behind the film when I had just watched it in theatres. I can see that the critics shat all over this film, but despite that, I assure you this is one movie you don't want to miss out on. The ending especially is inspirational and well-written. Easily one of the most inspirational quotes I've seen in movies. And do you want to hear one of the most inspirational quotes you've seen in movies? Something's upsetting me, but, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I'm... I'm shocked. So this is the bit that should be read in a Sylvester Stallone voice, but I can't do it, so I'll just read it in my voice. All I ever wanted out of life was what everyone else had. Not more, just not the less I was used to. Well, I took a real swing for it, you know, and for a while it was like I always thought it would be. I was one of you and it felt good. People finally saw me like I saw myself, and you can't ask for more than that. Maybe I did, though. Maybe it got so I didn't want to be equal anymore. I wanted to be better than. And that's a recipe for injury. Uh, look, that doesn't mean you give up, quote though. Quote should be like you two rest, lines. This heal, is too long. Okay. <laughs> and you get back on that bench. <laughs> Seriously. Get back you on rest, that bench. You heal, and you get is back on that bench. Is that what we were bench. waiting for? Yeah. Life is going to give me another set and I'm going to rock it because my name is Daniel Lugo and I believe in fitness. <laughs> <laughs> I feel totally. That guy has like, you just that know is, he's got like an erection while he's like talking about yeah. this. It's easily one of the most inspirational quotes I've seen in movies. Easily. Easy. This guy probably could have got a gig with the Sun Jim Gang quite easily. Because my name is Daniel Lugo and I live in fitness. What? <laughs> <laughs> Hey, do you want to hear some inspirational movie quotes or do you want to finish this story? Oh, just at least one or two that are shorter and snappier and actually <laughs> inspirational would be great. True yeah. to the point. I can tell you some. So here's some other 25 best inspirational movie quotes. I'm not going to give you 25. And I'm guessing Pain and Gain doesn't rate a mention, but yeah. This is from samuelthomasdavies.com. Mm-hmm. A wise man can learn more from his enemies than a fool from his friends. Right. Do or do not. There is no try. Correct, <laughs> yep. Every man dies, but not every man really lives. Oh, deep. Don't let anyone ever make you feel like you don't deserve what you want. 
Oh, that's and kind of a bit like pain it's, and gain. It's yeah. In, yeah, it's in theme. Great mm. men are not born great. They grow great. Okay. And lastly, life is going to give me another set and I'm going to rock it because my name is Daniel Lugo and I believe in fitness. Oh, you're joking. <laughs> <laughs> I am absolutely joking. Oh, thank joking. God for that. Yes. <laughs> my name is Daniel Lugo and I believe in fitness. Like, how is that inspirational? Mama always said stupid is as stupid does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I kill people because I believe in fitness. <laughs> Right. So did we we didn't get to their sentences, did we? We got interrupted. Yes, rudely interrupted. By by the sentences are nearly like sort of, you wouldn't quite say they're immaterial, but after the, the craziness of that, they're, you know, a bit dull really. They caught them all. They all went to court. They all had their day where they got. I hope desecration of a corpse was there. I'm just going through, there's one here for Daniel Ligo, there's so many counts, mm-hmm. conspiracy to commit racketeering, racketeering, first degree murder, first degree murder, kidnapping, kidnapping, attempted extortion, grand theft auto, attempted first degree murder, armed kidnapping, armed burglary, burglary, grand theft, second degree, grand theft auto, possession of an identification plate, arson, extortion, money laundering, forgery, uttering a forged instrument, conspiracy to commit a first degree felony. So that's Daniel Lugo. He remains on death row, if this is accurate. This is taken from Wikipedia, which is the most current thing I can see, for the murders of Grieger and Christina. He's made multiple unsuccessful appeals against his sentence. Noel Dorbel, I won't go through the list, but it's pretty similar. It's like about a million different points. Mm. Now, this is interesting. It says because of changes to capital punishment laws, Dorbel's Death sentence was overturned in 2017. Mm-hmm. I don't have any more information on that, so I can't really help you. Um, the gentleman who was at the gym who owned it, he he was indicted in 1906 for kidnapping, extortion, and the murders. Even though I don't know that he was there, he was An accessory to yeah. He was sentenced to 56 years imprisonment for the kidnapping, extortion of Schiller after a judge set aside the convictions for the Gregor and Burton crimes. Yeah. Jobbis appealed and the state cross-appealed the sentence to the Florida District Court of Appeal. The District Court of Appeal judge ruled that at trial the judge had improperly set aside the two racketeer-influenced and corrupt organisation convictions. Uh, honestly, it's such a yawn. I'm not interested in that. No <laughs> such yeah, a enough. yawn. Not All after this actual judicial shit. And to be fair, he was sentenced to 30 years, but he's dead because he died of a stroke, so I don't like going down yeah. that avenue. What I too many interesting is this. Mm. In return for testifying in favour of the state, Delgado, who was a bad boy, was sentenced to two prison terms of five and 15 years. He served only seven years in jail and was released from the Everglades Correctional Institution in 2002. Are you pulling my In 2008, he was arrested for felony grand theft, receiving one year of probation. I mean, where is he? Did he find God? I don't care to really focus. I think let's just chat about peanuts who are criminals, really. That's what. what Criminal peanuts. Criminal. I mean, oh, that's the name what? for this episode. Criminal peanuts. <laughs> Did they get done for impersonating criminal masterminds? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, they did not. Fraudulently was... impersonating criminal masterminds. I just, do you know, like sometimes things happen and, you know, you will be reading about a crime and you think, oh, that could have gone that way or that could have gone another way or that happened quickly or, God, surely that would be the end. You know, some things just go yeah, on and yeah. on and on and on. on. It feels like that with him. There were so many times with, with that whole scene around the car accident. Yeah. Hey, boss, then, I know then, how we can kill him. 
you know, <laughs> you know, he was drunk and drugged. He the car accident itself fire set him alight, and then Ran running alive. over him, and he still survived. What it a Superman. comedy there is! Yes. So, Schmidty, Clarky, is there anybody that you might like to uh, take to task, perhaps, on their behaviour when it comes to the Sun Jim Gang? Mm. It doesn't have a ring to me, Sun Jim Gang. Do you find no, it hard to say? It sounds like, stupid. It sounds like a meal you get at a Thai restaurant Asian or restaurant. something. <laughs> I'll have the Sim Jim Gang. I'll have the Sun Jim Gang. I'll Sun Jim Gang, please. The Sun Jim Gang. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'd like the sauce that it came from. You like the fly lights or the steam lights? I have the Sun Jim Gang, yeah. I don't, it doesn't roll off my tongue, shall we say. I'm, I'm a little bit still confused by the whole story. I know. <laughs> Sorry. I know, no, no, I know. No, you've told it well. It's just bizarre. No bad stuff happened. But there's, I can see why the movie became a dark comedy because it's kind of nonsensical, but obviously bad shit happened. I like the use of horse tranquilizer as a punishment for them for particularly the Royal Cup one. And I wouldn't be against a bit of testicle shrinking roids for them all as well. Mm -hmm. But, like, there's there's, there's sort of sentences around bringing criminal activity into disrepute. I think that they're the sorts of punishments you'd give, like horse tranquilizer and the, um, the roids to shrink their testicles. But there's also really bad shit that happened that, you know, they, they need serious punishment as well as nonsensical punishment. Schmitty, thoughts? I was trying to think of the term. There's a story we did where one of the perpetrators was described as a pathological numbnut and I, feel like, <laughs> <laughs> and I was trying to remember the term. That's why I got distracted. And I thought, yeah. these guys are also, should be diagnosed numbnuts. as pathological yeah. numbnuts. Is that you know? their sentence? <laughs> well, <laughs> that's their life I mean, sentence. It's, it's sort of it sort of go plays to your point about the roid and testicle shrinkage. You know, there's something, there's definitely something testicle related here. I mean, I hid the body in a couch. Yeah. Oh, it's just, uh, but, yeah. But <laughs> what? And that's in the movie. There's a scene. I mean, I've only seen the. Well, it wasn't in the trailer, but I must have seen part of it in like one of the things that I was watching. There's like a movers box, and like her arm is out the top of the box. Oh, <laughs> that is so distasteful. Yeah, so the barbecuing, awful. the barbecuing of the hands and the feet when they're like literally turning them with the oh, barbecue really? tongs. Yeah, maybe what we should do is sentence them to be the stunt doubles in a Michael Bay film. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> because you know they're all jacked up and they're all strong men, and maybe we should put them in those scenes with massive car accidents and explosions and shoot them out scenes. But we won't, you know, like we won't give them any protective gear or train them on how to actually no. avoid injury. Unlike Mike, we won't let them be drunken full of uh, sleeping pills so they bounce back. We'll let them experience all of that pain. There is, they're just, they're, they're like reprehensible is not a big enough word. Like they're, they're just, they are scums. Like we started talking at a minor break and Swanee referred to someone as a scumbag. These guys are scumbags. <sighs> You know, they really are. And, you know, so I, I, I'm i trying to come up with something that's appropriate to people who think it's all right to just rob from people and torture people and murder people. And, that, I mean, I was, I was quite shocked by the 
the fact that they've ripped this man off all of his money and then they move into his house and they're acting like mm. there's no big problem and they're just spending it and they're out on the gear, they're having a grand old time. It, like there's something missing in their heads and their hearts to behave this way. I used to work with yeah. someone and I referred to her as a dangerous combination of dumb and confident. <laughs> and I think yes. that's, that's exactly what these lot are. Like they are mm. so dumb and yet so confident that what they're doing is okay and that they'll get away with it. Oh. I actually, with I've, got a, I've got a good, oh. good punishment, sorry. I want them to all have to eat McDonald's every meal. Oh, you beat me to it. Yeah. Oh, okay, sorry. I will take it away. You take it away. I do because I say get fat and flabby. Yeah, but you go. But ahead. it's a bit like yeah. it's it's a bit like to um Clarkie's because they believe in quote, fatness. Yeah. What did he say? Believe in fitness. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. not fatness. I actually, I <laughs> said I believe in fatness. <laughs> I would like to see all of them be really unfit and but weak. I would like to see that and, and weak mm. and some of them can be like you know, dangerously thin some of them can be heavily overweight they can be whatever it is that really bothers them you know whichever mm-hmm. end of the spectrum is the worst yep. because where they sit is they think that doing steroids and pumping iron makes them feel and look a certain way right that's what you know helps with their confidence so I want them to see I want them to be their worst version of themselves but I want them to be able to struggle to try and do some exercise and have no results. So nothing changes. So not only are they not fit, but they are frustrated by the fact that there's nothing seems to work, right? Because they're used to using Just drugs like and working out. Correct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want them to feel like they're not seen. Nobody cares. They certainly have no money. They've got no swagger. And they've got no fitness, and they can't just go and get jacked up after a couple of even if they believe and go in out it. and impress the ladies. Absolutely, it, nothing works. They they're, are just those poor people who false idol that they worship yeah. is abandoned yeah. them. Yes, absolutely. So they should have that at the very least is what they should be looking and feeling like. Mm-hmm. Could you just take their bones out so they're just like <laughs> jelly, and then they can roid up all they want, but. <laughs> Without bones, none of it matters. Wouldn't it be the muscles? It's the muscles, isn't it, or the bones? No, because the muscles attach to the bones and that gives you the ability to do stuff. True. If they're just like take Jelly all the fish. bones out, so still human shape, but with no bones, they'll just be <laughs> no structure. So also coming back to one of the most inspirational movie quotes of all time, <laughs> all I ever wanted out of life was what everyone else had. Not more, just not the less I was used to. Now, I'm pretty sure the Hungarians actually had to work for their money. Yeah. You know, they they didn't come into money easily. In fact, they probably escaped communist Russia or, you know, whilst it's all breaking down, come across, sorry, communist Hungary, come across whilst it's all breaking down. So left everything behind and had to start again and became wealthy because they had smarts and they worked hard and blah, blah, blah. And and those people, just because of my heritage, I can tell you, they escaped a country that from World War One has been in extreme disarray, extreme internal conflict. They're not, they weren't old enough to have experienced the revolution, but their parents would have done things, t- times were real tough. And yep. they've come to America, they've worked bloody hard to get where they are. But, but so if you don't want to be the less that you're used to work hard and I get that that can be hard for people if they've come from a disadvantaged background but I guess what I'm saying is that the Hungarians 
don't did. sound like they've had a particularly privileged lifestyle. No, I don't think they've ever come. Over. And he thinks it's okay to want what they've got and get it by killing them rather than being a decent human. So I feel like he should be subject to a life of less than what he actually was, not what he was used to, but even less than that. Yep. With no hope, despite all of his hard work of ever aspiring. And also with no bones, so he can't go to the gym. <laughs> and he's fat. Uh, I'll finish with like a little quote from Mark Schiller, and it's just talking about the movie. And it said, it's a comedy which is unfortunate because there was nothing funny that happened to me. These were inept, incompetent people, but they were at the same time malicious and cold-blooded murderers. Mm. <laughs> it's very true. We can make light of how stupid they were. Uh, but at the end of the day, they went in knowing that they were going to abduct somebody and extort, you know, and torture somebody, whether or not they went to the point where they were going to kill them or not. I think they were always going to with Mark Schiller. But, you know, they had no qualms in what they were going to do. They knew what they were doing going in. They were just not good people. Agreed. So that is a story. Pathological numbnuts. The yeah. Sun Jim Gang. Wow, yeah. that is a cracker. That was a good story. I'd never heard of it. So I love it when oh, really? we get something that we've never heard of. So it was good. So, well, let that be a lesson to everyone. When you go to gym and someone says, do you want to earn 100000 bucks in a day? The in two days. No. <laughs> Schmitty, you and I, you and I jumped said yes. at that opportunity. Cautionary tale. We've yeah, now learned. In no, no one ever you. comes up to anybody that I know, certainly never come up to me and said, do you want to earn you know, $100,000 for a day's work? Or do you, you know, that never happens. Do you know what I mean? It's a reason for that. Stu, if we go to the gym and someone does say that, <laughs> can you remind me of this story? Because okay. I'll probably forget yeah, it and go, I'll sure, do I'll do it. He'll, yeah. ha- he'll probably have to whisper in your ear, remember. Remember, remember the sun, remember the sun, the sun gym, gym, gym gang. gang. Pathological right. numb nuts ringing any bells. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right, Swanee. Good Thank one. Thank you for listening. No worries. So as we say every week, miss you already. Ta-ta. Ciao. So wrong, suckers. Miss you more. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Trial by Wine. You can contact us at trialbywine at gmail.com. Please rate, review and subscribe to Trial by Wine on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to support us, you can become a patron at www.patreon.com, Trial by Wine. Or visit our website, www.trialbywine.com to donate to us. Your support will help us cover many more cases and apply wacky sentences. We really appreciate you listening and hope you tell everyone about us. Our cover art is by John Christo and music is by Beauchamp from pixabay.com.